This is Aspire, Arc Street Public Radio, a content-driven platform broadcasting interviews from our Innovate, Innovate Media, Innovate CSR, and Innovate Under 30 podcast series. Aspire gives public voice to socially conscious and forward-thinking leaders within the nonprofit and for-profit sectors, academia, journalism, and social entrepreneurship. My name is Robert Rim, Managing Editor for Arch Street Press. I'll be your host today. Today our guest is Harold Wimmer, President and CEO of the American Lung Association, the nation's oldest voluntary health organization, which works to save lives by improving lung health and preventing disease, including lung cancer, asthma, COPD, and influenza. The ALA represents more than 21 million constituents and 300,000 volunteers and staff nationwide. Harold earned a BS in Community Health and an MS in Health Administration and Policy from the University of Illinois, where he is an active alumni member and serves on the Applied Health Sciences Alumni Board. He also received their 2008 Distinguished Alumni Award. Harold began his career with the ALA in 1978 and has served in key executive positions in the American Lung Association in Illinois and the ALA of the Upper Midwest. Harold, it's great to have you with us today. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, have, a, have a chance to talk with you and your audience about the American Lung Association. Terrific. So um, getting started back to your childhood, uh, were there any experiences that led to your investment in health and wellness? Well, you know, uh, really early on, uh, I uh, was always very interested in, in personal health and uh, you know, really, and fitness uh, were uh, was always very important to me. And uh, as I was going through uh, my college days, uh, you know, I found that there was a real opportunity to help influence public health, uh, to help individuals in terms of their personal decisions uh, through a curriculum that was being offered at the University of Illinois, which was uh, focused on community and public health. And uh, so, uh, I found that to be very interesting, and uh, it really helped lead me through my career now that I've been working with the American Lung Association for uh, close to uh, 38 years now in the organization. And when you first started with um, the ALA, I would imagine that the awareness of cigarettes and uh, and the association with lung cancer uh, and the no smoking was a lot less prominent than it is today. Would that be fair to say? I mean, yes, uh, it it definitely has become more prominent now uh, in terms of the impact that tobacco has on on the humans uh, on the human body. Um, but you know, even early on, uh, when I started working for the Lung Association in 1978, we were already focused on really delivering an important message about the harmful effects that cigarette smoking can have. Uh, especially the impact that it has on the lungs. So uh, early on in my career, I spent a considerable amount of my time focused on working with youth. Uh, we had a tobacco prevention program that we went into the schools and educated uh, young people about the hazards of cigarette smoking. So, uh, you know, health promotion and, and disease prevention was certainly uh, very important to the American Lung Association uh, early on uh, when I started with my career. And then also uh, we uh, launched our Freedom from Smoking program 
which was a cessation program that was uh, geared towards adults in helping them quit smoking. So uh, uh, early on in my career with the Lung Association, uh, tobacco control was a focus, but as the years have gone on and with when the uh, first Surgeon General's report was introduced a little bit more than 50 years ago, focusing on the harmful effects of, of tobacco use, um, the, you know, the message has certainly uh, become more clear uh, about the scientific uh, findings and, and the link between smoking and, and lung disease uh, over the years. And the ALA is dedicated to improving, obviously, lung health education, um, but also lung disease research, uh, support programs, services, advocacy. How do you balance such a wide range of initiatives? Well, you know, the, the American Lung Association's mission is really focused on protecting a very vital organ uh, in, in the human body, and that being our, our lungs. And really, there's so many external factors that impact the lung itself. And, you know, that at times can really uh, uh, challenge uh, the mission of our organization uh, as we're set to protect the lungs, and, and the lungs can really be impacted by more than 27 different diseases that, that affect the lungs. And also the external factors, you know, because everything we breathe in can certainly affect our lungs, and it, it can, you know, bring certain diseases uh, upon the airway system, upon the lungs themselves. So uh, the American Lung Association really has a, a multi-pronged approach in terms of what we are really working towards to improve lung health, but then also to make sure that the air we're breathing in is, is as healthy as possible. So we do this work through our research that we fund and advocate for, our our. Uh, advocacy work and also our community-based uh, education programs as an as an organization and you mentioned obviously the air we breathe in uh, it's so obvious in places like India and China um, that the air is just horrendous uh, and let alone uh, the well-known effects of cigarettes so just on a on a kind of an overarching level can you give any explanation why the governments in India and China are permitting and have permitted these these horrible conditions to the extent that most of the residents or some of the residents will have to wear masks in order to breathe. I mean that that, that is certainly an issue. Uh, it's one that we work with our counterparts, the International Union on Tuberculosis and Lung Disease, uh, t to better educate to help establish regulations. Uh, in terms of emissions, uh, both from power sources and also from vehicle uh, emissions. Uh, so it, it's really helping to educate and to help inform uh, those government agencies in terms of the regulations that can really help uh, make an impact in the terms of air quality. Uh, I mean, it, it's uh, it's an ongoing process, uh, e even uh, here in the United States, as we continue to really advocate for stronger clean air policies. 
Uh, and, and, you know, what we're learning here in the United States can certainly be translated to help, uh, you know, on a global basis in terms of helping to uh, clean the air that, that we all breathe. So it, it really is, it's a global uh, issue. Um, you know, the American Lung Association is obviously uh, very supportive of the new initiatives that are being introduced uh, around climate change, especially around the clean energy plan that the that President Obama recently introduced to help reduce carbon pollution uh, and, and ozone levels. So um, as an organization, I mean, we're working very hard to advocate for the strongest regulations possible uh, in terms of emissions and, uh, and to work closely uh, with our at the federal level, but then also at, at the state and local levels uh, in, in these areas. Do you find that you're getting government support? Is it strong government support in light of the benefits of, uh, of clean air? Well, you know, uh, our role is to really get the message out in terms of the health impact that is related to air quality. And the American Lung Association has really taken a leadership position to really help emphasize the public health impact that uh, air quality plays. And, you know, especially in relationship to uh, diseases that are directly impact that directly impact uh, our lungs and, and our ability to breathe. You know, if we're looking at lung cancer, asthma, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, chronic bronchitis, uh, that these diseases are directly impacted by, by the air that we breathe. So we are working very closely with uh, uh, our, our government at all levels, uh, especially we've been working very closely uh, this last two years uh, with the White House and, and President Obama in, uh, in, in uh, really helping to um, get the message out about the health impact uh, related to uh, climate change and the clean energy plan. So, uh, you know, overall, you know, when we're getting the message out in relationship to health, um, you know, we really feel that, that it, it, it's not a partisan issue as long as we can keep it focused on, on, the, health, on the health impact. Yeah, and I would hope that focus only gets stronger and it does not, in fact, become a partisan issue, as so many things can become. Uh, you obviously have strong relationships with scientists, with medical experts. Uh, are there medical breakthroughs that the ALA has helped to pioneer? Uh, yes. I mean, the American Lung Association, you know, throughout our history has uh, focused on funding research uh, in, in all areas of uh, lung disease uh, treatment and, and better and newer technologies. Uh, but, you know, some of those areas that we've focused on uh, throughout our history have really helped us find groundbreaking discoveries and treatments in the area of tuberculosis, uh, cystic fibrosis, respiratory distress, uh, distress syndrome, uh, asthma management, and also recently in the areas of uh, lung cancer treatment. So uh, our, our 
organization uh, has a focus on uh, funding research uh, through our research and awards program. So a portion of uh, funding that we receive from the public uh, goes directly to support our nationwide research program. But then we also advocate uh, for federal funding for uh, NIH, for the National Institutes of Health, to receive funding at, at the at, at the utmost level so that we can encourage more research uh, at, at the federal level also. And you mentioned lung cancer and a few specifics. Um, for our listeners, what is asthma? Uh, asthma is a, uh, it, it's an airway obstruction. Uh, it's usually triggered by an irritant that really causes distress and it really limits the ability for an individual to breathe in and out in, in a normal way. Uh, it, it can be treated, it, it is very treatable, but what's really key is that individuals understand what triggers their asthma and the types of medications that they need to have access to to be able to relieve the constriction in, in their airways. So it's really important that uh, you know individuals understand asthma, uh, that, that they understand the triggers, and that they work with their physician uh, to be put on an asthma management plan. And which is really a key focus for the American Lung Association is to make sure that uh, individuals are on an asthma management plan and that they work closely with their physician uh, throughout their uh, throughout this process. And what is COPD? Uh, COPD refers to chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Uh, which restricts uh, airflow uh, primarily in adults. And uh, it's oftentimes uh, looked at as being a combination of asthma and emphysema and chronic bronchitis. So, you know, those three disease states were usually looked at as being separate diseases, but because in terms of how those three disease states are integrated, especially with adults, is that the term now that's being used is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease uh, that encompasses uh, the, those three disease states primarily. And how does influenza impact the lungs, and, and why are flu shots recommended? Well, the American Lung Association uh, certainly um, supports uh, the messaging uh, that, that the public needs to get vaccinated for the flu, also for pneumococcal pneumonia, uh, which is uh, another lung disease. Um, but, you know, th these are um, all viruses uh, that impact the ability for individuals to properly breathe, uh, to be able to get air in and out of their lungs. So by uh, getting a by getting a vaccine for the flu or pneumonia, uh, it can really reduce the incidence and the severity 
of, uh, of, of these types of influenza that affect so many thousands uh, of Americans each year. And the, so air, the American yeah, Lung Association, okay. I was just going to say that, yeah. that we really emphasize that um, young children, um, older adults, uh, individuals who are, are impacted by asthma and chronic obstructive pulmonary uh, disease uh, receive an annual flu shot. Uh, you know, we, we certainly recommend that. And because of your strong influence on research, the ALA has been a pioneer, hasn't it, in, in all of these things that you just expressed and helping to understand these diseases? Uh, y yes, I mean, we're uh, always looking to support new research mechanisms that will help identify new cures and treatments for lung disease, you know, all of these diseases that we've been talking about today, but it's really key. And, you know, with the new technology and, and the science that is out there now is that on a daily basis, you know, we're very fortunate that we're finding new ways to, uh, to uh, identify lung diseases and, and to better treat them. So that, that's really key for us. This Innovate series features dialogue with some of the most influential advocates for changing our world, from the CEOs and founders of major nonprofits to the directors of cultural and academic institutions. Innovate demonstrates the vital role of empathy as an agent for that change. Innovate and Aspire are produced in partnership with Ashoka, Innovators for the Public, the Kellogg Fellows Leadership Alliance, and the Philadelphia Social Innovations Journal, and presented by Arch Street Press and the Public Radio Exchange. We now return to our Innovate interview with Managing Editor Robert Rim and Harold Wimmer, President and CEO of the American Lung Association. And for our listeners, uh, what is Lung Force? Uh, Lung Force is our new initiative that is helping to build awareness around the fact that lung cancer is the number one cancer killer of women and men in the United States. So Lung Force is a new strategic initiative that is really uniting the country and helping to build awareness uh, about lung cancer. And the American Lung Association has put the spotlight on lung cancer. It's one of our key strategic imperatives as a nationwide organization uh, to, to help build awareness about lung cancer. And we, we talked about air pollution. Uh, just uh, if you could get a little further into that, what impact does air pollution have on, on lung health and, and what does the ALA do specifically to promote clean and safe air for breathing? Well, I mean, the American Lung Association ha has really found that air quality um, really impacts lung disease. There's uh, the science clearly shows that air quality impacts asthma, chronic bronchitis. Uh, there's also new scientific evidence that ties uh, air quality to lung cancer. 
So uh, the air quality levels certainly present themselves to be real risk in terms of lung disease. So uh, our organization is advocating for strong regulations, uh, both at the federal level and at the local level, to help reduce emission rates from uh, power uh, from energy sources and also from vehicles, uh, tailpipe emissions. Uh, so you know we're constantly uh, looking to promote for newer technology that will help reduce emissions. And uh, the American Lung Association was one of the uh, early supporters of the Clean Air Act, which was uh, initiated back in the late 80s, uh, that really helped give our federal government um, the ability to regulate emissions. So from an advocacy point, uh, you know, our, our work is very focused in, in these areas. Uh, but then, you know, we're also working with uh, industry uh, to help them identify ways that they can uh, incorporate new technology into uh, reducing emissions and helping to uh, clear the air. I mean, I, we're really excited about just looking at the automotive industry in, in terms of the new technology and the ways that uh, emissions have been reduced over the past 30 years. And, uh, you know, with, with the newer technology, if it's hybrid vehicles or even electric-powered vehicle, uh, have found that the emission rates uh, go down uh, significantly in, in those areas. So we're constantly uh, pushing for uh, new and, and cleaner technologies. And given the clear uh, facts and the, the results of the research, uh, here in the United States, do you find that Republicans and Democrats are on the same side of the issue of clean air? Well, you know, we, we, we do find that there's different views uh, in terms of clean air, and uh, that, that's why the American Lung Association always presents it in terms of the impact that it has on public health. And, uh, you know, we find that the more that we can educate our, our, our elected officials and the public about the importance of clean air uh, that, that it has on, on public health, uh, you know, the, the, more, uh, the more impact that, that we're able to make. Uh, you know, there's there's some groups that argue on, on the economic side, but, you know, our role as a public health organization is, is to really emphasize um, the health impacts that healthy air can, can have on all of us and really the, the, uh, the dollars that that can save. You know, if we're able to reduce uh, health care costs by having cleaner air, it's a real win-win for everyone. Yeah. And does that mean that, for example, the insurance companies are strongly on your side? In in terms of, in uh, terms of healthy air? Sure, in terms of supporting your work for healthy air, which would directly lower health insurance costs. Uh, well, overall, I mean, we find that the insurance industry is certainly understanding and supportive of the uh, health benefits uh, for uh, for reducing 
for improving outdoor air quality. Uh, we've also seen that in terms of improving indoor air quality, which the American Lung Association uh, has been very much involved in in terms of helping to, pla- to uh, pass smoke-free laws in public places, including the, the work site. So the American Lung Association has been uh, very involved in, in educating uh, and, and messaging about the, uh, about the positive effects that clean indoor air have on all of us. And for our listeners who may not know the difference, uh, what are, in fact, the differences between indoor and air, uh, air quality, indoor-outdoor air quality? Well, it it really comes down to a, a, a number of different factors, but uh, for the American Lung Association, as we focus in on indoor air quality, there's a couple of key areas that we're working on right now, and that is area of secondhand smoke, uh, which is a focus for us in in the indoor air quality arena, and you know to um, find ways to restrict and or eliminate secondhand smoke from tobacco products altogether because uh, the science surely indicates that there's a direct link between secondhand smoke in indoor uh, spaces and and lung disease. So um, secondhand smoke is an indoor air uh, issue that we're working on. Uh, also, uh, in terms of Mold is also an indoor air quality issue that the American Lung Association is really, uh, you know, uh, advocating to reduce mold levels. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is tied into uh, the HVAC systems uh, that are operating um, not only in residential homes, but also in uh, in worksite locations. So, you know, that those are... Um, two examples of indoor air quality issues that our organization works with. Uh, A third one would be radon gases, uh, which are emitted, and radon gases um, are found to be the leading cause of lung cancer in in non-smokers. So the American Lung Association is really working to uh, regulate that homes are tested on a regular basis for radon gas emissions. So those are three examples of of indoor air. And then, of course, on the outdoor air, you know, we're working to reduce uh, carbon emission levels. Uh, We're working on reducing ozone um, emissions. Uh, We're looking at large particulate matter and small particulate matter uh, that are being emitted from energy sources or from tailpipe emissions. So as you can see, there's a number of air pollution um, sources that our organization is working to uh, eliminate or, or reduce. And you mentioned radon gas, and for our listeners, uh, who may not know, uh, it is an invisible gas, isn't it? Uh, it, it is. It, it's an uh, invisible, odorless gas uh, that is emitted from certain rock formations throughout the United States. 
And, uh, you know, if uh, any of listeners would like to get more information, uh, they can uh, go to our website at lung.org, uh, where we have a, an entire section devoted towards talking about uh, indoor air quality issues that also includes uh, radon gases. Um, and secondhand smoke uh, remains a, uh, just a terrible problem. Uh, one of the statistics that in this day and age is, is really incredible that tobacco use still remains the leading cause of preventable death and disease in the U.S. and it close, uh, kills close to half a million people a year. Uh, so what is the ALA's commitment to ending death and disease caused by specifically tobacco entail? Well, we're certainly using a, a multi-prong approach on this, and you know, tobacco control is, is a very um, important imperative for our organization. I mean, we've seen some, you know, some in, in very important changes and in, in trends uh, over the past 50 years, where the smoking prevalence rate has dropped significantly. Yet, still, 18 percent of uh, Americans are, are smokers. So, you know, that, that equates to about 43 million Americans who are still smoking. And, you know, what we find is that 70% of Americans who are currently smoking, 70% want to be able to quit. And uh, 46% of those have tried at least once within the last year to quit. So the American Lung Association is always uh, looking to assist individuals who are looking for ways to quit smoking. And uh, so smoking cessation is, is, is an important um, focus for us. Uh, also to make sure that young people don't start smoking uh, even though, you know, we're seeing that young people are, are still trying cigarettes on, on a daily basis. And each day, close to 3,000 youth try a cigarette. And 24% of those in 24% uh, of those young people become daily smokers. Uh, so, you know, our job is to really uh, work to make sure that uh, youth Young people are getting the message about the harmful effects of, of cigarette smoking. Uh, we're also looking to work with uh, at, with government at, governments at the federal level and at the local level to make it tougher for young people to get their hands on cigarette. Uh, we're working to increase the um, age limit uh, to get it up to 21 years of age. Um, in, in order for people to buy cigarettes because uh, science has shown that that will really help curb the number of uh, young people who, who have access. And then we're also looking to uh, help raise the cigarette excise tax um, because, you know, that, that is certainly correlated to helping get the numbers down also. So the higher we can get the cost of tobacco products, um, the, the, you know, if we can get the age limit up to 21, uh, we feel that those will be two important steps to, uh, to reduce um, smoking uh, prevalence rates uh, across the country. 
And given these statistics, the ALA's work is so crucial. What types of education and training do you offer? Our organization offers a, a number of different uh, training uh, and, and educational opportunities for uh, for the public, for individuals who are caretakers, for in individuals who are suffering from lung disease. Uh, we have a number of online programs and educational tools on our lung.org website. So we have a number of, of digital assets that are available for individuals uh, who are suffering from lung disease or caregivers or family members who want more information about a specific lung disease, if it's lung cancer, asthma, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Uh, we have a, a number of educational tools, but then we also have online learning programs for healthcare providers uh, or caregivers uh, that want to learn more about specific lung diseases. And then we have a, a number of educational programs where uh, we help train individuals who would like to lead smoking cessation programs uh, in their community or at their work site so they can go through one of our Freedom From Smoking training programs and become certified to lead cessation programs. Um, and, and so, you know, we have a, a number of different uh, opportunities that are available to the public through our uh, website. And it's such vital work, uh, and it's wonderful to discover all of the things that the ALA is doing. Well, to close our time today, I just want to uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about nonprofits. Uh, the ALA, do I understand that the ALA was your first job? Uh, yes, I actually uh, started working for the American Lung Association uh, right out of graduate school uh, and, back in 1978. And did you always uh, feel just called to work for a nonprofit? Well, you know, as uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, public health has certainly been uh, very important to me. Um, you know, helping individuals make personal health choices. Uh, ha has been very important and in, uh, in, in, in those areas. And, you know, the American Lung Association is the oldest voluntary health organization, ha having been around a little bit more than 112 years now. So we have a very strong history in helping to form uh, public health the way it, uh, it operates today. And what advice would you offer to young social entrepreneurs and people seeking to become involved with nonprofits? You know, it it's really comes down to the mission uh, of an organization, and you know, the mission of the American Lung Association is so um, so motivating to me in terms of really uh, upfront and foremost is to save lives uh, by improving uh, lung health and by preventing lung disease. So, you know, for, for young people really looking to uh, nonprofit organizations, I would really encourage them to understand the mission of the organization and how the organization goes about working to fulfill its mission. 
And, uh, you know, one of the parts of working for the American Lung Association that has really uh, kept me going is, is, is not only the mission of the organization, but is working for those individuals that have been impacted by a lung disease and to uh, make sure that they have the information that will help them best treat their disease and, and to find new ways to, um, you know, to, to help them through, through their disease states. Well, ALA's mission is surely motivating to all of us. Harold, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to share our story about the American Lung Association. The best way to reach Harold and to support the American Lung Association is through lung.org. Click on the webpage links above this podcast for further details. Thank you for joining us today. Our library of interviews and a range of further resources may be found at archstreetpress.org or prx.org.